Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm going to be your host, and this is episode 49, almost 50 episodes. Feels like I kind of just started this podcast, and even with the planning phase and everything that was leading up to it, feels like it was just yesterday. So we're almost to 50, which is awesome. And um, I got a ton of content planned. So, you know, the first 50 seem to go by pretty quick, and I think the next 50 are going to go by even quicker, and especially now that I have like a really good feel and flow for the podcast not just recording it, but just like the, the strategy behind it, the, um, the, the content plan that I have going forward. So I'm really excited. And this episode is going to round out a three-part series called The Beginner's Guide to Fitness. So for those of you who are new to the podcast and have never listened to an episode before, you are in the third leg of a three-part series called The Beginner's Guide to Fitness. So you're going to want to go back definitely for sure and listen to episodes 47 and 48 to get all three of this three-part series. And also, I recommend you go back and listen to episodes 0, 1, and 2. So that's the very, very, very beginning months ago. Uh, episode 0 is the introduction to the podcast, a little bit more about me and my history, my my previous experiences with fitness, how I found fitness, how it transformed my life, and how I came to be a personal trainer and a fitness coach and all those things. So go back, check those out. And uh, if you are getting value out of the podcast, please leave me a review in iTunes. I would really appreciate that. That helps me spread the awareness and education of this content to more people, which is ultimately the goal is to help bring value to those who are interested in fitness, especially those who are on the verge of a transformation or want to go through a transformation. So let's jump right into the content today. Again, this is part three of a three-part series called The Beginner's Guide to Fitness. In part one, we covered a lot of the mindset stuff, okay? A lot of the mindset stuff. Um, There's so much to cover with a person who is new to fitness or someone who is new going through a transformation or they're trying to go through a transformation or they're trying to undergo some massive fitness metamorphosis. <laughs> it's the, it's, it's so difficult to try and explain that mindset shift and how to curate and create that mindset shift in a single podcast episode. All right. I try to cover as much as possible, but we didn't quite get all there, but I covered the basics. Okay. I covered goals, reasons, benefits, visualization, and acceptance. All of the things that I think are critical for people to try and harness and understand and bring into their life before they venture off into the actual like tactical stuff, like lifting weights and eating right and all that. The second uh, part of this, which was the last episode that aired, aired episode 48, that was the nutrition piece it's like basically a beginner's guide to nutrition for fitness, nutrition for fitness. And then this uh, third piece right here is going to be the training portion. Now I did it in that order for that reason. And here for, for this reason, which I'm about to explain, um, I do believe that mindset is the most important. I believe that anyone can go onto any search engine, Google or whatever, and find meal plan examples. They can find nutrition explanations. They can find stuff like that. They can go on YouTube and they can have that all broken down by a nutritionist, okay? They can also go, anybody, you, 
me, anyone can go look up workout plans. You already know this anyway. If you're listening to this podcast, you already have looked at fitness stuff online probably, and you already know this. You already know you can go to your favorite influencer, whoever that is on YouTube or whatever, and get their workout plan for like, let's just say their leg day or their chest day or their back day or whatever. You can pull all that stuff. Okay. And uh, the, the problem is though, is that even if you have that, that doesn't necessarily mean success. Okay. That's what works for them in their current situation. That doesn't necessarily work for you in your current situation. And that also might not work for you in any situation because your body's different from their body. Their body's different from every other influencer's body. So yes, there's a lot of commonalities. Yes, there's a lot of crossover, but there are a lot of things that do not work for you that work for other people. And on the flip side, there are things that work for you that don't work for other people. So keep that in mind. That's why coaching is so important. That's why if you don't have the experience that you try to acquire the experience through a mentor, through someone who knows how to curate those things for people that don't understand it. So anyway, let's jump right in. This is the training portion of Beginner's Guide to Fitness. And I'm going to cover five things today, five things in this episode that I always make a priority uh, as far as education goes to someone who's new to fitness when I'm talking to them for the first time about it. Okay, and we're really diving in. Uh, The first thing is I would always, always, always recommend using this average 30 minutes per day rule of thumb. What does that mean? An average of 30 minutes per day. An average of 30 minutes per day. So if you look at a week, that's 210 minutes, right? Seven days, 30 minutes per day, 210 minutes. Very simple. But that doesn't mean actually work out for 30 minutes a day. That doesn't mean work out for an hour today, nothing tomorrow, an hour the next day, nothing the day after until you get to the, the average of 210 minutes. What it really means is that on average, across the whole week, you have about 30 minutes a day. Average, basically 210 minutes, which is three and a half hours across the whole week. So no, you don't have to, if you look at it that way, you don't have to work out an hour a day. You don't have to work out 90 minutes a day every single day. Some people do, fine. You don't have to. You're beginner to fitness. You don't have to do that, especially if you're trying to go through like a weight loss transformation, for example. That is not something that like that whole 90 minute per day thing or whatever, 45 minutes a day. You don't have to follow that model, okay? But a good rule of thumb to start with, one that I always recommend is about 30 minutes per day average, 30 minutes per day average across the whole week. Okay. Or you can look at it this way, three and a half hours weekly, three and a half hours weekly. Okay. And the reason for that is it is something that most people like almost everybody, 99% of the people I'm making that up, but a lot of pretty much everybody can find a way to scrounge up three and a half hours in their week. If they want to make a change, a major change in their life, like achieving uncommon in not typical, non-typical results, like a physical transformation, they can muster up three and a half hours across a seven-day period. They can figure it out. They can figure that out, okay? It's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take some reprioritization. It's going to probably take a break from, require a sac- like a, a break or a sacrifice or whatever in, in the form of not watching Netflix or watching less Hulu or skipping this show or not watching four football games on Sunday, but instead only watching one, stuff like that, okay? And that's something that we can all do. Sometimes it's tough, but if you're trying to get this unrealistic result or not unrealistic, but this, this uncommon result, this very non-typical result, then it's going to require that you go the extra mile and do some stuff that you wouldn't normally do. 
Okay, if you want the result, you have to put in the work. That's pretty well understood globally. So, so just let that sink in. About thirty minutes a day. If you're hitting that, you're making progress. Especially if you're coming from a, a lifestyle where you were doing nothing, like not moving at all. That's going to be a massive change. Massive change. Okay, massive. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the concept of progressive overloading. Progressive overloading. Progressive overloading. So, what is that? Progressive overloading, and I have had an entire episode on this, but I want to, from a beginner's standpoint, I want you to understand it this way. From a, progressive overloading is the concept of making your body guess. It is continuing to challenge your body in new ways so that it always has to adapt and evolve in order to do whatever it is you're trying to make it do or to handle the stress on it that you're trying that you're applying to it. So if you're applying stress in the form of weights, Doing that in a way where your body's always guessing, where your body's always trying new things, where your body's always growing new muscles, new uh, support muscles, new synergistic muscles, new twitch muscles in ways that wouldn't, you wouldn't normally get if you just did the same thing every single day over and over and over, always and forever. So how do you incorporate progressive overloading? How do you actually do that? Like, What is the step-by-step on how to do that? It's actually very simple. It's very simple, and it is literally applying what I just said, but... Let's spell that out a little bit. So if you are trying to implement a progressive overloading technique to a, uh, let's say, like a hit cardio type of strategy, all right, a really intense cardio strategy, what you would do is you would stick to whatever plan you're doing for a short period of time, like being weeks, okay, number of weeks, like three weeks, maybe four weeks. And then you would change it up in a way that challenges you. Okay, you change it up in a way that challenges you. So you would, you would, if you were, if you were doing, let's just say you were doing um, four laps at a track, right? And each lap you were sprinting half of it, and then walking half of it, and you were doing four laps. What you would do to change that? What you would do to intensify that on uh, in this next phase? In order to begin progressively overloading your strategy, you would add a lap maybe, okay? That's increasing the intensity by adding more distance that you're going to be covering. Or you could shorten up your your uh, walking portion and intensify the sprinting portion. So you're sprinting three quarters of a lap, walking a quarter of a map. Or sprinting two thirds of, of a lap, walking one third of a lap something like that. You would change it in a way that continues to challenge your body. So you're increasing the intensity of the difficult part of the part that makes you work harder. And you're decreasing the part uh, where you're working less, basically. And what that does is it makes your body work a little bit harder than it's normal than it's used to. And it doesn't have to be extreme. Okay, it doesn't have to be extreme, but it makes your body work a little bit harder than it's used to. And when it's working a little bit harder than it's used to, guess what happens? Guess what happens? Your your muscles, they tear, they, are, they experience that trauma, and then they begin to rebuild and they regrow stronger, faster, bigger, all of it, okay? Your body restores itself and comes out the other side stronger, bigger, faster. So that is what progressive overloading is. Now, in the weight room, it's even more... <laughs> It's even more, you see the benefits faster. Let's put it that way. You see the benefits faster and you see them in the form of 
muscle growth, muscle definition, muscle density, stuff like that. Also, you see it in body fat burning. Okay, you burn more body fat if you have more muscles. So if you in- include a progressive overload type of approach, you see strength gains, of course, but you also see muscle growth through hypertrophy typically. And then you also experience a higher RMR, a higher resting metabolic rate and more fat burning, which is what we all want, right? More fat burning. We don't want to carry around a lot of fat. So uh, the, the way you do that in the weight room is very similar. Okay, You would increase the weight over time. You would increase the weight on that fifth week or whatever. It doesn't have to be tremendously different. You don't have to add like, you don't have to 2x the weight, but you just have to add a little bit, maybe add 10% or whatever, you know, feel it out and you're going to add weight. You're also going to maybe reduce reps. You add weight, reduce reps. There's nothing wrong with that. That puts you in major hypertrophy mode anyway, which stimulates muscle growth and development, which is going to do all those benefits, provide all those benefits that I just mentioned, like higher RMR, more fat burning, all that. Uh, but that's that's really the main thing. Okay, you can also change your grip or change the order in which you do things sometimes. So if you were to superset something like, let's just say on a on a crazy heavy arm day, you might do something like really heavy easy bar curls, standing easy bar curls, very common exercise, great for building bicep strength, great for building bicep size, right? Um, and you would be supersetting that. Let's just say normally you superset those with like preacher curls or something like that. Maybe switch that around and add a ton of weight on one of them, the one that you weren't normally doing. So if you were supersetting them in that order, easy bar curls followed by preacher curls, and you were doing a ton of weight on the easy bar curls and less weight in the preacher, bar, preacher curls, maybe switch that around. So you're doing preacher curls first with a ton of weight, and then you lighten up on the weight on your easy bar curls. And that way you're focusing more energy on the preacher curls, which are going to hit your arms a little bit differently than the easy bar curls. And now that you're adding more weight, your body's going to respond in a way that's going to make it grow and develop to adjust to that. So what you end up doing, if you apply this to all your muscle groups, all your exercises, is that over time you develop the last little bit of all those muscles that you're not normally going to get by following the same routine over and over and over again. You're going to get all the synergistic muscles plus the prime mover muscles, and you're going to get all the little twitch support muscles and all the sinew and like everything, everything that supports all that, all the stuff that you want as a result of lifting weights or you want as a result of working out, it's going to come through progressive overloading. Okay. That's going to round out the last few percent. Okay. Uh, So that's number two. Number three is avoid atrophy. Avoid atrophy. How do you avoid atrophy? Well, atrophy is basically the opposite of progressive overloading. So uh, you you will, by definition, avoid atrophy if you apply progressive overloading. But here's what will tell you if you're actually applying progressive overloading techniques appropriately and, and, and properly is if you find yourself standing still. Okay, if 12 weeks go by and you've quote unquote been supposedly incorporating progressive overloading or what you thought was progressive overloading, but really you were just changing your workouts and still half-assing, what you would experience is zero results or negative results. Okay, if your body's not growing, it's dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. You should always remember that. If you're not growing, you're dying. Even if you're growing millimeters or micrometers or nanometers, if you're not growing, you're dying. So in training, you want to always be growing. You want to always be growing, always challenging yourself, always making your body try in order to put forth its most effort so that it can grow and develop. So if you're progressively overloading your, your workouts the right way, 
you will always be in some sort of hypertrophy state, basically, or a strength gaining state, but your muscles will grow as a result of hypertrophy, which is muscle mass development. And again, it doesn't have to be a tremendous amount. It can be millimeters, micrometers, nanometers, enough that you don't really like see it, but you see it because your body looks more well-rounded and toned and whatever. Uh, so the, the atrophy, atrophy basically means it's the opposite. Atrophy is what happens when your body starts breaking down and degenerating as a result of not being challenged, of not going through progressive overloading, of not having to try and evolve to new stresses. So avoid atrophy and you avoid atrophy by properly applying hypertrophy. Okay. You avoid atrophy by properly applying hypertrophy. So keep those two things in mind. And the reason that I made this a separate thing, because it is technically a byproduct of progressive overloading. The reason I kept it separate is because I want to reiterate that those people who go to the gym every single day, five or six days a week, you see them, right? You see them. They're always there. And they always look like they're doing stuff, but years go by and they never look any different. If you take a deeper look, you'll see that they're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again for years. The same weight, the same rep range, the same exercises. And while that may burn a few calories, that's literally all it's doing is burning a few calories. They have stopped growing muscle as a result of doing those exercises. Those exercises are not driving new muscle gain. They are not driving new muscle gain. What they're doing is the same thing as going for a run. Okay, they're going to go to the gym, they're going to get a little bit of a workout, they're going to burn some calories, but they may as well have just gone for a run because it's not doing anything new for their body. Their body has already built itself the strength and muscle density that it needs to undergo that workout because they've been doing that workout forever. So avoid that. Avoid that atrophy style workout. You do not want to end up in that situation or you will be completely stagnant and you'll be pissed and you'll be, you'll be very bummed out. I promise that's not the situation you want to be in. Uh, number four is the difference between resistance training, aka weightlifting, and cardio. So I want to kind of break this myth right now. People still think, in, in very large numbers, people still think that cardio burns more calories than weightlifting. Cardio burns more calories than weightlifting. That is not true. That is actually the opposite. That is the opposite. Weightlifting, here's the facts, here's the reality, okay? Weightlifting burns more calories than cardio. Weightlifting burns more calories than cardio. Now here is why that is true. When you are lifting weights, you are building muscle mass in your body. Okay? You're building muscle mass in your body. And as you build muscle mass in your body, guess what happens? Your RMR goes up. Your resting metabolic rate goes up. Meaning when you're done lifting weights, you have now built muscle. Your muscle mass causes your body to have a higher metabolic rate. It is not the case when you're doing cardio. If you go run a few miles, yes, you are burning a ton of calories while you are running. But guess what happens when you're done running? You're done burning calories. When you stop cardio, you stop burning calories. Your cardio does not affect your RMR in the same way that weightlifting does. So if you are putting on muscle, if you're putting on muscle mass, if you're lifting weights and you're progressively overloading so that you continue to put on muscle mass and muscle density, and strength, which is a function of muscle, you are increasing your RMR. And by increasing your RMR, you are going to continuously have a fat burning engine going at all times, way higher than cardio, way higher than cardio. So I need to dispel that myth that cardio burns more calories than weightlifting and that cardio is more beneficial for losing weight than weightlifting, which is it's just not true. Okay. It is not 
true. If you can incorporate weightlifting, if you have the opportunity to incorporate weightlifting, even if you have to choose between weightlifting and cardio, always go weightlifting. Now, cardio does provide a ton of benefits. Of course, of course it does. But they're mostly arterial and blood pressure and stamina and lung capacity and stuff like that. Okay, all good things. All good things. I think everybody should do cardio. I just don't think everybody should do a ton of cardio if their goal is weight loss because that is not going to accelerate weight loss in the way that strength training and muscle building through weightlifting is going to do it. So I always, always, always recommend that you do a blend, sure, but focus on the weightlifting. If you have to skip one, skip cardio, okay? Cardio is great and everybody should do it. I do it. I always make my clients do it, but it should be the, the back burner thing. Okay, on the training side, it should be the back burner thing. The first thing, the priority should always be weightlifting and or or strength training in some some way, some capacity, calisthenics, bands, uh, CrossFit, weight training in like a global gym or whatever, powerlifting, any of those before cardio. Okay, before cardio, before cardio, not literally before, but if you have to prioritize, prioritize those before you prioritize cardio. You will see the benefits, not just immediately. You'll see the benefits immediately, of course, but you'll see the benefits over the next four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, six months, nine months, a year, forever. Okay. You will see those benefits go on and on and on and on and on because they continue to build your RMR. And if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. So always make sure you remember that because that is what weightlifting does. It provides growth and development for you. And if you're not growing, you are dying. There, I said it again. Okay. The last thing here, is that you must hit every single group. You ever see, hear those people say like, don't skip leg day, bro, and all that stuff? It's because it's true. And the reason it's true is because your body does not like to be hyper-focused in one area, okay? And what's gonna happen is you are not going to be well-rounded in your aesthetics for one, okay? That's definitely not the most important thing, but it is It's just a side thing. But you are gonna be, uh, you're gonna be widely like misdistributed in your muscle density and your strength and obviously your muscle mass. And what that's going to do is cause your body to be imbalanced when it comes to stability, when it comes to uh, obviously balance. And when you draw strength to do a lift of any kind, even if you're not into like powerlifting, just any lift, if you're not balanced, you're not going to be able to draw the strength that you need. Okay. If you are skipping legs, for example, because you just hate training your legs you will never never build the core strength, believe it or not. You'll never build the core strength or the lower back strength that you're going to want and need to do other things, including build that RMR, including burn more fat, including get the body you want. So you have to train the entire body. You have to think of the body as a complete system, not just individualized muscle groups. Yes, they are individualized, individualized muscle groups. And yes, we train them independently a lot, but you need to think of it as a complete system, a complete system. So you can't just skip shoulders because you don't like working shoulders. You can't just skip your back because you don't like working your back. It's all tied together. It's a giant kinetic system, a giant kinetic chain, and you need to treat it that way. So yeah, people who skip leg day, they get a bad rap because they have small legs, but they might have like a big upper body. That's not even what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the total strength and kinetic balance from end to end, from head to toe, okay? You need to pay attention to that and be mindful of that and give attention to the stuff that even you, you know, that you don't necessarily like, okay? Just give attention to the, the muscle groups you don't like training. 
And uh, I promise you over time, you'll see the benefits of that. And you may learn to actually love training those body groups when you see that when you put emphasis on those body groups, you actually see results. So for example, I was one of those people that did not like working my shoulders. I did not like working my shoulders. Well, here's what happened. After over a period of time, I eventually started working out my shoulders through a series of conversations with one of my mentors and a couple of the people that I, I talked to and I take their opinions very seriously. I started working out my shoulders and guess what happened? All of my pull exercises actually increased. Like the, my strength increased, my muscle mass increased and shoulders is a push exercise. It's, you know, all those exercises are pushes. They're not even pulls. But because I strengthened my traps, because I strengthened my delts, because I strengthened my triceps, because I strengthened my rhomboids, which are in the back, uh, you know, shoulder area, I saw benefits in other lifts, not even the same types of push lifts, but I saw benefits in my pull lifts and I saw more muscle definition come through and I saw more muscle mass and muscle density. And you know what? I felt my body burning more fat. I found that I was burning more fat because I was introducing a new way of lifting that I wasn't used to. Okay. I was introducing a new way of lifting that I wasn't used to. And because of all the benefits that my other lifts saw as a result, that my RMR just continued to go up and up and up and up and up. So, you know, I got myself in this place where I was like hyper optimized. My body was hyper optimized for fat burning and for muscle stimulation, muscle growth and muscle development, which is awesome. And that's what you want. That's what you can get if you don't skip any major muscle groups. So pay attention and focus and put emphasis on every single major muscle group. Don't just glance over them here and there. Make sure they all are getting the attention that they need. So So that is going to wrap up this episode, guys. Thank you so much. If you did get value out of this or any of the three Beginner's Guide to Fitness episodes, please let me know. Tag me in social or something. Hit me up on Facebook and uh, or email me. And I'd really appreciate that. Also, if you have anybody in your life that needs to hear these words, if they are trying something, anything to try and go through a transformation or to try to lose weight or to try to get fit and get healthy, send them this podcast, send them this three-part series and have them listen to it. The reality is, which you may or may not know, is that fitness, especially for beginners, can be extremely confusing. It can be extremely complex. There are so many right ways to start, quote unquote, right ways to start, right ways to do things, right ways to incorporate incorporate things, right ways to begin eating, right ways to begin training. Honestly, it's true. There are so many ways to start and they're not all wrong. The intent is good by most people who have an introduction to fitness or a beginner's guide or something. I just tried to make it as simple, simple as possible. And my philosophy is if you're not enjoying it, if you're not having fun, if you're not drawing some kind of pleasure from it, then it's not going to be sustainable. And if it's overly complicated and you have to be like a savant or some kind of PhD level analytical person in order to understand it, it's also not going to be sustainable. In fact, most people aren't even going to start. So I try to simplify it and keep it as easy as possible while still maintaining the ability to actually be successful. So share this with someone in your life who is trying to go through a transformation or to try and lose weight and get themselves into that fit state and reach those fitness goals that they've always wanted to reach. Because that is our objective is to reach as many people as possible and educate as many people as possible on this subject matter. So thank you guys so much. That is going to do it for this. It's going to do it for the three-part series. It's going to do it for this episode. And I appreciate you. I love you. If you haven't yet left a review or a rating in iTunes, I also would please ask you to go over there and do that as soon as you can. It would really mean everything to me. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget, always train with purpose. And I will see you in episode 50. Take care.